millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We are your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber. And musician filmmaker Marcia Novelli. This week we're joined by a San Francisco-based theatrical rock and roll powerhouse, Kat Robichaud. Drawing on the momentum of her top 10 spot on NBC's The Voice, as well as almost a decade of experience in the music industry, Kat's recently released her latest album, Kat Robichaud and the Darling Misfits. As well as the usual topics of love and heartbreak, Kat's unafraid to tackle the issue of gender inequality in her music, and that's just one of the many, many reasons we love her. So, without further ado, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. How's it going? <laughs> um, good, good. I realized 30 minutes ago that this was happening right now, so I, I ran and took a took a shower and put some makeup on. Ross, you're <laughs> five steps ahead right? of Marcio. <laughs> we both we both felt the immediate desire to insult each other. Did you realize that? I saw like, that. That yeah. that's the kind of camaraderie we have. Okay, so we like to start our interviews off uh, awkwardly right away by asking each of our guests <laughs> to tell us um, three things about yourself that everyone should know. Um, three things about myself that everybody should know. Um, number one, I, I think I perform the way that I do because of the, the opposite of um, growing up watching Broadway shows and then growing up being obsessed with Marilyn Manson. So the two... I love Marilyn Manson. I love Marilyn Manson too. <laughs> um, you might be the first guest we've had on that shares my love of Marilyn Manson. So really, so right there. Should, um, let's do a fist pump on here. Let's see if we can do it. Ready? Oh, sorry. Boom. Into the camera. To the camera. To the camera. There we go. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Um, let's see. The second thing is that I have a mole on my leg that I hate, and I've always hated it since I was a little baby. Ross hates it too. <laughs> told me about that before the show. And um, the third thing is uh, my cat is looking out the window right now, and she doesn't give a flying... Uh, can we cuss on the show? Oh, yeah, yeah, do whatever you want. She doesn't give a flying fuck about... No, we can't say that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, like we said in the intro, you've had around a decade of experience in the music industry. Um, what made you want to audition for The Voice when you've when you've been involved in music for a while beforehand? Um, yeah, I had nothing to lose. You know, I mean, my, my band had just broken up and um, I had made friends with some uh, really nice gentlemen at Sony and uh, they put me up for the audition because there are two different processes. You can do the, the cattle call where you stand in line with a thousand people and you get to sing for like a minute. Um, or you get an industry industry audition where um, you have a specific time and place to show up, and you get 15 minutes private inter, uh, you know private audition um, where you get to sing several songs and oh, nice. interview and 
So that's what I did. I don't think I would have had the balls to stand in line with a thousand other people because all you do is you just stand there and you, you just size each other up. And it's just a total mind fuck the entire time. And actually, like, the first week that we were we were all there auditioning for the blinds, um, I, I just hid in my hotel room. I was too afraid because, like, there was this whole kumbaya that would happen in the lobby. Like, 20 musicians at a time would be down there on multiple guitars and little little drum boxes, just taking turns singing and playing songs. I was just terrified. I was like, no way am I singing with these people. God. So um, I didn't really get to know anybody um, until after the blinds because I was just, just terrified of like the whole sizing each other up. And, and I don't know. I've always been really shy when it comes to collaboration, which is why I've always written my music by myself in my room and then I and then I hire people to to play it better than me <laughs> because I you you were interested in Broadway when you were you were growing up had you done much in the way of auditions before or was the voice your first like auditioning experience really the voice was my first auditioning experience I think I tried out for a few children's plays growing up um and I think I auditioned for one play in high school uh, musical, but I really didn't. I grew up in North Carolina and there wasn't a huge opportunity for a lot of theater and plays. And my high school didn't have a drama department, really. Um, you know, like high schools will um, high schools will put on a, a musical a year, a couple musicals a year. We didn't have anything like that. We had like one dinner theater that we did <laughs> and i just Exciting. and i and i used the opportunity to um to kiss my crush because we were in a scene together where we got to kiss we tasted <laughs> I, like mountain dew you know i actually have a story about this in my last year of high school uh, we were doing a musical um doing charlie brown and oh. i was playing charlie brown and the girl who's playing lucy wait no sorry actually in the same year, we also did Frankenstein, so it was a drama, and I played Frank. I played, uh, yeah, I played. I played. I actually, I played the lead in both. <laughs> and in in the, the Frankenstein one, the, you must have got all the girls. I, I did. Okay. <laughs> so I'm getting to. You know. So, anyways, well, let me before I say this, I, I'm married now, and I've been with my wife since I was 15. So at this time, I was 18, and mm-hmm. the scene called for me to kiss another actress that that was there. So. Um, I was so nervous, and my wife's sitting there next to like the teacher, you know, just waiting, like kind of like this look on her face, like, uh huh. You know, I get yeah. to, I get to, um, I get to kiss another girl in front of my my girlfriend and not get in trouble about it. So, anyways, long story short, I jumped the gun and kissed her like way before I was supposed to, and it was just so awkward, <laughs> and everyone just kind of looked there, and I was just like, oh, that's my story. <laughs> yeah, and then I looked over at, at my then girlfriend, who's my wife now, and she just went. Uh, this game really like that's what, that's what shake did it. the head like uh yeah she was like couldn't wait is. to kiss another girl with permission right <laughs> I'm like yeah <laughs> anyway yeah, so, <laughs> thanks for sharing Marcelo I always love your stories <laughs> <laughs> so you've released your latest album Cat Rope Show and the Darling Misfits uh, in January this year yeah mm-hmm. uh, we actually have a listener question relating to the album title Ooh. I like listener questions. I know. Uh, Brad at Canterbury App on Twitter wants to know, who are the Darling Misfits? Mm. They're anybody who feels like an outcast and wants to belong somewhere. I mean, it's not 
if not my band members, um, because I, you know, I've got an East Coast band and I've got a West Coast band. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a darling misfit. I've never fit in ever, even on even on the Voice. Um, the minute that America got the chance to vote, they tried so hard to like <laughs> get me out of there. Um, and then I just I got saved. Thanks. I mean, one of the reasons I was saved was Neil Gaiman got in on the action and uh, told everybody to save me. And I think that was like my one saving grace. But um, I mean, the, the the coaches loved me. But yeah, I just took. I made. I made. You know, you're you're in this weird bubble where you you're trying to think straight, you know, you're trying to have a clear head and it's really hard because millions of people are watching you and you're being judged on every little thing that you do and say and, and look the like. way that, um, the way that you look, your song choices, um, your, uh, your behavior. I mean, I got a lot of material, um, from the new album, from my experience on the voice, like for one, I experienced, um, slut shaming between women, not coming from men. Hmm. I didn't get any slut shaming from men. Wow. It was all women. Who does she think she is in her little shorts? That, that slut, that skank, you know, and I got that. Um, and then I made, How'd you handle I, that? I just laughed it off. <laughs> I mean, I just felt sorry for these people. That's all that you can do is you feel sorry for people that, that, for me personally, I don't ever go online and and put somebody down. That, that's probably keeping I don't up a do, life. Like, I mean, I'm I when don't you're creative like, and you actually spend your time doing something productive. <laughs> misery loves company. Rather than you know, I don't I don't I don't want to put that negativity out there yes. because I believe in karma and I feel I like you know if you're going to be mean, somebody has the right to be mean right back to you. So. I just laughed it off and I felt sorry for them. I'm like, man, they don't have anything better to do than go, oh, I got her. Mm, feels so good. You know, um, but uh, yeah, so there was that. And I, yeah, I mean, I just, I just laughed it off. And then the other thing that I'm still haunted by um, is uh, I got the opportunity to do uh, Mary Lambert's song, She Keeps Me Warm. And it was originally supposed to be paired with Same Love by Macklemore. And it was, I had come up with my own composition on the piano and we shot the reality for it. CeeLo loved it. The producers loved it. And then the night before um, we were supposed to record the song because you record the song for iTunes before you do the actual performance. And the night before we were supposed to record it, um, the music segment producer called me up and he's like, Macklemore doesn't want you using his song. What? Yeah. He's like licensing issues and legal issues. It's just too much of a headache because I was basically rewriting the song. Like I was okay. changing things yeah. around. So he's, he's pulling out. We've called him. We've tried talking to him. So I had shot this whole reality segment about um, equal rights and gay rights because it's something that I feel very strongly about. You knew both. And, and uh, when they told me I couldn't use same love anymore and I was going to like get up on my soapbox because it was going to be, I was going to sing a verse of the Mary Lambert song and then I was going to sing the Macklemore um, you know, no law is going to change us. We have to change us. Whatever God you believe in, we come from the same love. And it was going to be this huge thing where I like really got to go up in my register. And um, so when they pulled the Macklemore song, I started thinking, well, she keeps me warm. And you start thinking in your head, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm straight and I'm now I'm singing 
a song that's written for, you know, from one gay woman to another. And is this going to be disingenuous? Mm. So I asked my friend um, on the show, Nick Hawk, who was gay, should I sing she or should I sing you? I don't want to sing he. I don't want it to be so obvious that I'm making this change because I don't want to be disrespectful. But he's like, no, I think it'd be fine. And we asked Mary Lambert how she felt about it. And she said, you can change it to you. That's fine. So (laughs) when I went on the show, you know, I don't have any control over how they present the song. And they, I sang the song as you keep me warm. And then they had this whole reality segment about my husband. And I didn't realize how it was going to come across as I'm taking an openly gay song and I'm making it into a heterosexual song. And all I wanted was like, I wanted. Oh man, that, that, that comes off as like completely opposite of your intention. It was terrible. It was really bad. And that would be heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next morning I woke up and, um, and there was, um, there was a, uh, uh, um, I don't know, would you call him journalist or um, just TV personality that was on Yahoo Music talking about um, what a horrible person I am for oh. taking this openly gay song and turning it into a header. And it wasn't my intention at all, you of know, the not. whole point of taking she to you and not she to he. But because it was paired with mm-hmm. singing the song about my husband, which I'm not like, I'm not an openly um, uh, mushy, lovey-dovey kind of person. So it was like, no, I filmed this whole reality segment about equal rights. And I was so proud of that. And I was so excited that the show was completely 100% behind it. And they were really excited that I was saying what I was saying. And it was going to be this really great platform. And it, man, <laughs> so I, you know, I just. Bad editors, see, there's too many people down the line there. The editor just saw that and they just saw you singing and thought, okay, cool, we're going to. Yeah, they those. didn't, and they didn't mean it that way either. And producers, and everyone, they just, yeah. Unfortunately, you your, your vision didn't get through there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that so, was. So uh, is there a song in the next album? Is there a song in the album? Um. Correcting yeah. I mean, that? there's um. Of course, there's still room. Is not just about gay rights, um, but it's about feeling like there's. You're a misfit, and you don't have a place in this world there's no room for you and what you believe or, or the way that you want to, the, the things that you like or the way that you want to present yourself. Um, and I, and I came up with that, um, when my, when my band broke up and it was before I'd, I'd gone on the voice and I was just feeling really low. Cause you know, you, you spend a decade working night and day on this project and it all just comes crashing down and it's devastating, you know? And um, I went to an art gallery and there was this really beautiful um, wood block print of this tiny little branch and this tiny little bird that has all these other birds on top of it. And this little bird comes along and the tiny little bird that has all these other birds on top of it says, of course, there's still room. And I saw that and I just started sobbing (laughs) in the art gallery. Um, You know, so that's where the that's where the song came from, because I feel like a lot of people a lot of people feel like the way that I feel about things and the way that I present myself, you know, I mean, like the video that I just did for, um, for why do you love me now, um, has been so positive, like what people have been saying about it. But there was one person on my Facebook page that says, I love the song. and I love everything except the hideous drag queen. Well, you're going to get that though. By the way, thanks, I mean, thanks for helping us with the segue. That was our next question. So. 
<laughs> Great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, we we <laughs> love the video. Maybe Roz um, can address thank this. Thank you. Yeah, we, we love the video. Yeah, um, I think it's really, really cool. Um, and I guess we want to know what was the inspiration behind the video? Because it's probably not what you would expect the video to be for that song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which um, actually I like the Drexel decision. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I like that as well, that it's, you wouldn't expect it. So what was the, the idea? Where did it come from? I was in Las Vegas. I had been hired to play... Um, the Pac-12 tournament, one of the halftime shows. It's like uh-huh. um, ACC. Uh, it's it's college uh, basketball. And it's like the West Coast tournament. Um, yeah, so I got to play the MGM Grand, which was really cool. But, um, you know, when you get hired to do things like that, you have a ton of downtime where you're just by yourself in a strange city and it's up to you to, you know. So I'm just walking the strip. And I'm thinking about, it was maybe a month after I'd been eliminated from The Voice and um, my Kickstarter backers had just given me just a ton of money to make this album. And all of a sudden I had to write a bunch of songs (laughs) because they didn't exist yet. Um, And uh, yeah, I was just feeling really lost and confused because it was like, you know, nothing has changed about me. I'm exactly the person that I was 10 years ago. I still love the same things. I still behave the same way. I've grown up quite a bit. Yes. But all in all, this is me. And I haven't, I haven't become a country singer to be more popular. I haven't become a a pop singer to, to be more popular. I'm still pushing this, this old fashioned glam rock and roll. Why are these people? Why now? Why now? You know? And, um, I don't know, like I was thinking about the music video and, and, and uh, I knew I wanted to, to, like, a lot of people were saying that this was one of their favorite songs off the album. And I was going to bed and I started thinking about the, I- the idea that uh, you want so badly to fit in, you really want people to love you. And um, I know there have been many times where I thought somebody was my friend and then, and then they ended up not being my friend. They were really just maliciously being cruel you know, making a joke out of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was in high school, I had um, like a, this, just this, you know, this mean person who obviously, if you're a happy person, you're not going to go home and write a list of 113 things you hate about somebody and then pass it around high school. You're not going to do that. Mm, so, similar situation. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it's crazy that it happens. How, how can some people be that cruel? I don't understand. Right. It, it happens. Well, actually, you've got to look back and just, I know it's so cliche, but you've got to just realize how unhappy they are with themselves to spend you know, that I, time. So I confronted those people. Yeah. Ten, uh, 15 years, oh, God, I'm, I'm dating myself, but. It's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> years later. Um, just a yeah, couple years later. <laughs> just a couple of years later. After I was off, off The Voice, yeah, I emailed this particular person and I asked them, I said, I know it's been a long time and I know we've made peace with it, but I I never got to ask you, and I just want to ask you now, why did you do what you did? Why did you create that list? And they wrote me back, and they're like, I'm so glad that you're talking to me about this now. And they said, honestly, I was really unhappy, and you were this person that just really seemed to know who you were, and it made me angry, and it made me feel threatened. Wow. That's what it was. And I mean, yeah, like I've always been this loud person, you know, I mean, and usually the, the people that are quiet just 
get along better with everybody. And I'm just, that's just not my personality. You know, <laughs> you and I are a little too similar. It's a little scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, it was really cathartic, um, writing the song and, and confronting, you know, confronting these mean people that I had a feeling all, but like when you're in high school, I mean, I had, after that happened, I definitely had suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Because you, you're not, you know, you're 16 years old. You're not in the mindset of going, this person is obviously really unhappy and I should just feel sorry for them and maybe help them and forgive them. Of course you're not. not. You're not at that maturity level yet. You're thinking, and what I was thinking was, everybody hates me. I'm an awful human being. Maybe I should kill myself. I'm, I'm ugly. I'm All these different yeah. things come up to you. Yeah, I'm totally yeah. with you. Yeah. And it's, and it's just, and, and that's why like, I'm stupid. I'm not this, I'm, you know, yeah. all these, all these negative thoughts come to your mind and it's awful yeah. because yeah. the thing that people forget is that is your world when you're a teenager. You know, it's, it's so, I'm sure you've heard the words get over it or, or ignorant things like that. You know, it's, I'm not sure if you've ever heard things, any, anyone ever say that to you, but I don't remember the thing is, in your formatively, formatively or years, I can't speak. Like, it's so important what happens to you. It really creates who you are, you know? These kind of things have a lasting effect on you, you know? And it's, ugh. And and, and the thing is, (laughs) sorry, but when people make excuses for for people, especially teenagers saying they're just kids, it's like, I remember being a teenager. I knew what I was doing, good or bad. I wasn't an idiot. Teenagers aren't stupid, you know what I mean? But you can still be a good person or a bad person. You just need to... To know that you need to talk to them. Yeah. You need to you need to talk to you need to talk to teenagers like they're human beings, and you just have to explain things to them. And I did have like I did have friends that I was able to to go to, and shortly after the people that were involved in the list came up to me one by one and apologized and said how badly they felt about it and they wished that they had done something. But see, it happened again in college. I had um I had a roommate that had major issues going on that I did not know about. And she, I mean, she was cutting herself. She was, um, you know, but she hit it. You never, you never saw it. And at one point she just, we lived on the bottom level of an apartment building. We came home um, and all of her furniture was gone and she had moved out without telling us. And it was, and then she got married when she was like 18. I mean, it was just kind of, but, um, I remember she took me out to lunch one day and told me that everybody hated me. And I believed her because that's how low my self-esteem was. All she was doing was trying to make me feel bad so she could somehow feel better. Isn't that crazy how that or works? Have, or have you two yeah. herself? Is that to some people? Or maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, this, just speaking, of all, this, tangent, speaking of all this, I'd love to ask you what sort of advice would you have, not just to aspiring musicians, but aspiring musicians that maybe have have come from a background, similar background that you've come to uh, from, like we were just speaking, um, or even uh, those actually in a terrible situation right now. Someone who you know, teenager or not, that that's going through um, similar, I would call it traumatic experiences um, that that you're talking about here. I would say, I know it's hard. But um, stop giving power to those people that are making you feel bad. I know it's really hard. You want to. You want to. You want. You want to feel some kind of justification that 
they're bad and you're good and, and you're going to prove it, but it doesn't, it's not going to change anything. You have to let it, let it go. <laughs> let it go yeah. is different get than get over it. it. Over it. Letting yeah. it, let it go is, is important. I mean, my son oh, yeah. loves Frozen, so he would keep singing that. <laughs> and, yeah. But I mean, you can't, you can't really let it go, but you gotta, you can't, you can't give power to, to that person or that situation. Um, you need to remove yourself from that negative energy that that person is giving off. And I would say, um, even now I need to practice this. You need to, you need to hang out with people that, that are nice, Mm -hmm. um, that make you feel good about yourself and that you share, you share, um, common interests with rather than hanging out with somebody because they're cool. Oh yeah. Um, And, um, and I would say for, you know, aspiring artists or musicians, um, I would channel, everything you're feeling, I would write it down. Um, I would, I would make art from it. And I was just going to say, I think the best art stems from pain. I'm a true believer in that. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's really all that you can do. And you should never feel afraid to reach out and talk to somebody about it. There's, um, there's a musicians meetup group in San Francisco called Balance Breakfast. And <laughs> shut up. Yeah. You know Balance Breakfast? You know Angela? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we know Angela. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I I went to one of the first ones in Toronto. She asked me to, to come out to that. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. Yeah, yes, she's really started have... it up everywhere. She's gonna be on the show in a little bit. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> small community, small world. Yeah. Here. I mean I got invited Here. um I got invited from a friend and I and it's you know, it's every Thursday morning at eight o'clock because you know, eight o'clock means you're serious. And, um, you know, I'm, always- <laughs> I'm sorry, but over here it's Saturday morning at like 11 a.m. <laughs> oh, we have that too. But we're serious. I we have, um, so we have Thursday Just not waking morning, up that early. <laughs> Thursday morning in San Francisco, That's Friday right. morning in Oakland. And then Saturday we've just started doing a brunch yeah. and then we, we just branched out to LA and San Diego. But, um, yeah, I, I, a few weeks ago, cause I was just feeling really, low and down. I mean, it's really hard to be a musician. It's really, really hard because people don't think that they need to buy your music anymore for you to make a living and for you to continue on. Um, people have this enormous misconception that Skype, or no, I'm sorry, not Skype, Spotify, um, Spotify and Pandora and all these streaming services pay the artists and make it so that they're not stealing the music anymore. But it's, and of course we have the, we have the right to not have our music on that platform but we're competing so we have to because it's talking like about. i mean the thousands of streams i'll get i mean it translates to about five percent so i mean it's terrible it's pretty amazing <laughs> it's it's really bad um so when people think that they don't need to buy music anymore um artists can't afford to to be artists you know and which is why it's great um you know amanda Amanda palmer has paved the way for uh you know with kickstarter and now she's doing patreon And, um, and, you know, they're definite good solutions because your fans who really love you, they do want to support you. And the music videos that I, that I just put out, um, they were fan funded. Um, I had to pay, I had to pay a little bit because, you know, I, I am very particular and Mm -hmm. I have to get, you know, and I have like, I tried to work with the budget, but I went over anyway. Um, but yeah, fans are, are so incredibly important. If, if you have an artist that you really love, you need to seek them out and find a way that you can help them. But I have so many people saying, we'd really love for you to go on tour. When are you going to come to our town? 
I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to. Oh, I love that. I have to, yeah, I have to pay my it. musicians, and yeah. I can barely afford to play my own town. I love, your, I love the honesty. It's, yeah, it's, and I can completely true. relate. People need to know. People don't people, know. People, yeah. people think you're being lazy if you don't go on tour. It's like you literally can't <laughs> afford it. No, I can completely relate to you. I would love to go on tour, but now Every what's day. happening? Yeah, seriously. I, lo- I mean, I was on the road. Look, I was on the road for eight years yep. every single week, but we were playing cover music. Mm. We were getting paid a salary to play cover music, and that's fun until it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really soul-crushing. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> because, you know, you play the venues that you play for cover bands typically aren't cool music venues, and... There, I, I can't tell you how many times I had someone come up to me and say, and granted, this was also the Southeast, so sports, um, but you, uh, you know, you're, you're setting your gear up and you're getting ready to play. And I can't tell you how many times I had somebody come up to me and say, you're not going to start playing before the game's over, are you? Mm. You know, and uh, like, no, don't worry. We will start I hate this sports. Day. Anyway. <laughs> I do. I do too. I hate them with a the passion. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. But, there we um, go. So do I. Competitive sports. I, I think like, you know, exercise and that kind of stuff, is, that's good for your health is good, you know, and like self, like, mode. I, I love running, things like that. Yeah. But it's like, no, listen, but not I don't, competitive I don't, there's sports. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with sports. And I think yes, it's great. There's everything wrong with sports. <laughs> what, what pisses me off about sports is like, I can't even tell you how many times um, I've done a show where, you know, I have to sell tickets and I'm competing with, mm. um, an ACC tournament. Well, you know, and then this past Thursday we played a really cool venue and we actually ended up having a great turnout, but like 30 minutes before the first band started, there was nobody in the place. And I was like, where is everyone? Like, Oh, the game's still on. People will come out as soon as it's over. I'm like, Mm. that's why you've got TiVo and so you can record the game. Yeah, like, but I mean, San Francisco's doing really well, so everybody's excited. It's just, uh, yeah, I can't give a shit. <laughs> no, I, can't, I can't give a shit either. I would much rather go Before out. Before I see. go off on a like 20-minute tangent on sports and how people are like, you got to put your kids in sports so they can learn how to be competitive. Well, first of all, no. <laughs> they can learn how to work with other people in many different ways. So I'm going to stop here. So you know, I'm so I'm starting to go to that place. So before I go there, are you ready for 20 questions? Sure. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this. This is gonna be a lightning round. So your first okay. initial uh, answer for each of these, okay? Just go okay. with your gut, and Here you'll never be wrong. Oh, it's gonna be bad. Coffee or tea? Tea. Meat or veggies? Meat. CD or vinyl? CD. Bananas or apples? Oh, bananas. The Beatles. Because I follow you on Twitter, so I know. Doctor Who. <laughs> the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Oh, the Beatles. Twitter or Facebook? Facebook. Harry Potter or Twilight? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Twilight. I'm so sorry. You picked Harry Potter. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter, right? I'm glad you did. I don't know if we'd still be friends. <laughs> Let, uh, yeah, anyways, go on. <laughs> TV or Netflix? Netflix. Doctor Who or Sherlock? Doctor Who. Orange is the New Black or Game of Thrones? Oh. <laughs> oh! Oh no! I love them both. You can only there can only be one winner. <laughs> oh God! I don't know. I guess I don't know. Game of Thrones, I guess, <sighs> but not. But just because I had to choose one, I. Mm-mm. California or North Carolina? 
Oh, you're the devil. <laughs> Ross made up the questions. So. You are the devil. <laughs> Ross is the. I'm just don't kill the messenger. <laughs> just uh, the messenger. It's like Sophie's choice, man. <laughs> oh, it's gonna get worse. <laughs> I think. A, that was good. That was good. Wow. North Carolina. <gasps> oh well. No, we're going back to we're going back to Doctor Who. So, Peter Capaldi or Matt Smith? Oh, Matt Smith. Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? Marilyn Manson. Oh, you, you're the only one of the few. <laughs> the Voice or American Idol? Oh, The Voice, of course. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? <laughs> <laughs> Why is she laughing, Russ? I hope she's not laughing because Michael Bolton is awesome. He is awesome. He is awesome, but uh, Michael Jackson. There we are. Twerk or work? Work. Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? Gervais. Yes. Whale or kale? That's really... Don't make sense of it. Doesn't make... Don't, don't even bother. <laughs> Whales. Sorry. My cat wants my attention so badly right now. She's just posing in the most silly, provocative way. Hello! So would Hello? your cat pick Bet? I can't speak. Bet Midler or the Riddler? Oh, Bet Midler. Mm-hmm. And the final and most important question. That was 20 already? No, we have one more. That was 19. This one? Okay. This is the Ross question. or Marcio? Well, I've only known you guys for like 30 minutes. That's all it takes, Kat. <laughs> okay, listen. I'm I'm going to pick. It has nothing to do with your personalities, but I really love your Joker shirt, so I'll go with Marcio. Yes. But I, Ross gets a lot more than sorry, me. Sorry, so. I love nice your hair, show. Ross. Your hair. Oh, thank you. I, I love, love your hair, too. Thank you. Finally. Finally, someone likes me. <laughs> they always pick you, Ross. Well, a lot of not times, always. Ross, no, Ross no, no. maybe has more of a connection with the guest than me. So, well, uh, I love your accent, though, Ross. I, sh- I yeah. would have picked you. I would have picked based on your no, accent. Kind of you pick me, Ross. Ross, just really, take it like a you know. Be, when don't you be sore loser, Ross. You like, you know, you it lost. kind of sounds like you do like me more. So I'm uh-huh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I mean, whatever, I'm okay if you said Marcio to make him feel yeah, better. Uh huh. Whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just I hated that question in the first place. I know. Well, we like to start off our interviews with awkwardness and and end our interviews with awkwardness. We did have one guest ask who Marcio was, which was pretty hilarious. That was said, who the fuck is Marcio? I'm like, hi, I'm right here. Thanks. Totally crushed now. Do you have any music recommendations? Yeah. Um, uh, let me look at their name really quick because they just, fo- I mean, they just released an album and I'm really excited about it. And it's, they're called FFS. Okay. And it's, um, it's a combination of Franz Ferdinand oh. and then another band that I can't think of their name because they're sparks. sparks. Think, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Cool. Thank you. Um, it is, I'm really praying that the album gets a lot of commercial success because when you, you know, when you have a like Mumford and Sons, you know, when you have a band that does really, really, really well in one genre, then it, and then it makes room for all these other bands that are the same genre. Mm. So I identify with this band. You know, they're very glam rock, very theatrical rock. Yeah. And if it's a commercial success, then then it opens it opens people up to, oh, this can be a success now. Well, who who else is out there that does this? You know, yeah. but if we're wishing up for things, I wish that my album was a commercial success. <laughs> <laughs> well, it deserves to be. It's, it's, <laughs> really? it's really awesome. I mean, since Brad introduced me to it, 
last week, I think, I've listened to it. I was saying to Marcio before mm-hmm. we started, I've listened to it at least 10 times. Um, yeah, since, pretty upset. And that doesn't happen very often. It's happened maybe one or two artists in the last year, and uh, and you're one of them. So Yeah, and I'm particularly really digging your voice. Very much yeah. so. Thank you. Thank really you. digging it. Really digging it. Thank you. Well, um, I, you know, it's... It's really, it's really hard to be an artist that is different, meaning that, like, you know, while I was on The Voice, I got criticized for my vibrato because pop stars don't sing with vibratos anymore. And they were always trying to tell me to pull it back, but it's just the way that I sing. And I feel like instead of trying to follow a trend, you need to be a trend setter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just need to be whatever music that you really love. That's really what you should do. And if you try to do anything else, it's, it's just going to come across as false. Um, but it's hard, you know, because you can write a pop song or you can write a country song and it can have a lot of commercial success and you can afford to eat. And there's a lot of value in that, but, um, can you live with yourself? (laughs) Yeah. But I, it's, it's really so nice when someone tells you that they like your music. Thank you. I You're really welcome. You. <laughs> and I know I see on Twitter there's a lot of people loving it. And since I posted the video, I know that at least two or three people have commented on how much they like it. So if I'm able to bring another two or three people to your music, then the world then will be better. Right? I'm happy, but I'm hoping we can bring even more. You know, every single person counts. Yes, and. Yeah, if you, I mean, the whole, the whole point of being a musician is um, to provide an escape for people that need it. Mm-hmm. And definitely growing up, that, that's what Marilyn Manson was for me in high school. He was an escape. You know, I could walk down the halls of my high school just terrified of people And, you know, the worst, I remember the worst thing for me was the weekends because there's all this pressure to do something, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're praying that somebody is going to ask you to do something. You're going to get invited to a party or whatever. So weekends were always terrifying for me. Um, But it was always really comforting to be able to, I was also the weird artist and I would, I started taking lunch in the art room. Because I couldn't, I couldn't handle like the the pressure of it all. Um, yeah, and I would just escape with my records. Well, I was just going to ask you to tell um, tell our listeners and viewers where they can find you online and continue to receive all this amazing youthful wisdom that you have. And I call it youthful wisdom because I feel like your wisdom's <laughs> beyond your years. So, you know. Oh. So that doesn't make sense to be like, fuck it, just whatever. It's where just, can people, where can, because where can people continue to receive it. your wisdom? <laughs> um, you can hear me babble incoherently. If you go to catrobyshow.com, it has all of my social media links. Um, so it's K-A-T-R-O-B-I-C-H-A-U-D.com. And it's also, you can also spell it phonetically. K-A-T-R-O-W-B-E-E-S-H-O-W.com. And I've got tour dates, even though all my tour dates are in San Francisco. Um, <laughs> it's actually, over there. Loves I'm really excited. I get to play the main stage of uh, San Francisco Pride this year. Oh, sweet. It's been, a, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you. And um, 
getting to know you and yeah, what you, you guys say. Well. Yeah, and and uh, keep keep making the music that you're making and keep doing it. And uh, I, I, you said something earlier about you're hoping that your album's success. We hope that it is too. But yeah. I think that the fact that you've stayed true to yourself is the success to begin with. Because I mean, you never know if a record's gonna sell. You know, yeah. and, and it, if it doesn't sell, at least you can sit back and say, you know, I don't regret a single thing. You know, because what, no, I don't. what if you completely sold your soul to make an album that then doesn't sell? Like, there's no win. Yeah. At least there's a win. You know, and this is going to do well. It sounds awesome. And wish all you the best. Wish you the best of luck with it. Thank you. Me. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not signed and I don't have um, I don't have a record label spending a ton of money to promote it. So um, it's really great. That guys like you are are, you know, willing to push it. And it's I'm really grateful. So thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.